welcome to episode 312 of This Is Whole Life. Right up front, gonna be honest, I forgot to text Jeff what time we were recording today because honestly, what. We have a special guest today. That's all I'm, I'll tell. I'll tell you that right now. It's a little secret, but we have. Yeah. Oh, oh can you guess who it is? Just by that, maybe we're giving clues, and you you should be listening. And I was at first worried that this guest would say, "Oh, I, I don't have time. I don't want to come." I know she doesn't want to come and be here, but oh, now I gave you another. I gave you another clue. Ouch. Yeah. And so there's. Oh, did you hurt? You heard her voice. Now you probably know. You, all right. It's Anderlene Brady. Our Justice Ministries Director at Whole Life Church. And I give her a hard time. But because the only reason I give her a hard time is because she is very good in front of the camera. She's an excellent conversationalist. She knows her stuff. She is a character to have fun to hang out with and to be around. And yet sometimes she'll play this little game where she, oh, I'm shy. I, I don't want to do this. Oh, my goodness. And yet, and yet she's so good. We can't not have her. And so I was really worried. I thought, well, I will wait till I get a response from Anderlene and what time she can make it before I text Jeff. Mm-hmm. And then today... I was a. I think I was about to text Jeff, and then we had a meeting here at Duck Duck Productions where we taped the podcast every week, and I totally forgot. And so at four o'clock, when we typically tape, Jeff's like, "Hey, are we taping the podcast this week?" And I was like, "Ah, uh, yeah." I'm like, "We'll wait for you," and he's like, "No, just go ahead." By the time I get there, so just go ahead. So Jeff, we missed you this week. It's okay, and we are. Oh, he does have one. Ooh. Ooh, so he did text us. I just looked at my questions. phone. I did invite him a couple. So just a couple minutes, six minutes ago, it came in as we are recording. So Jeff is, <laughs> thank you for sending in a little bit of feedback. Here in spirit. We miss you already, Jeff. That's right. Here in spirit. All right. So before we get started, mm-hmm. uh, how long have you been at the church? Wow. I have been in, at the church since January 1st of this year. It was January. I was thinking it was yeah. a little bit before. So January 1st. So you're about, well, you're I'm almost- be six months. Six months June 1st. In, June 1st. Mm-hmm. So for those who may not have actually had a chance to meet you in person yet, give us a little synopsis of who Anderlene is, maybe where she's from, what she's done, okay. and kind of wrap that in there for us. Yeah, sure. I am Haitian born and bred. I come from a beautiful half island called mm. Haiti, uh, next to Dominican Republic. I've so been to some, the Dominican. It's so very know, beautiful. It's and I've looked gorgeous. over to the other side. Of course, everyone yeah. does, but they never stepped their foot across the border. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, was a, it was a mission trip. We, we, went, we went where they took us. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are mountain ranges to cross, so it would have been difficult to get in anyways. But that's my little island, nice. half island. We love it. And then I immigrated here to the New England area, Ooh. Connecticut. Cold. Woo! At what age? At age six. Six. So, like, okay, so you kind of, you get some cred. I get some cred. As a northerner. As like, a northerner. You, you, you know what it's like to put extra layers on and shovel snow. We and... arrived maybe six months later. There was the most major blizzard in 88. <laughs> so you can imagine <laughs> the cold that we felt. Ooh. Yes. And it was, I remember being deep enough for us to come out of the door and dive in like it was a big swim swimming pool yeah it used to be like that it was Mm -hmm. fun Mm -hmm. awesome and then from connecticut i you know went to school in massachusetts then came back to connecticut and that's where i had danielle got married and then the lord was like time to go to seminary and i'm like 
Absolutely not. Time we to go were to seminary. not. We what, were not. <laughs> where did you go to seminary? I went to seminary at Andrews University. Now there's another cold, desolate place, isn't uh, it? I keep going from cold to colder. <laughs> <laughs> so you're close then. I mean, I grew up in Wisconsin, just across the lake there. But oh. man, that's a in the wintertime, that place is just. Like, does anyone else live here, or is it just this little compound in the middle of nowhere where all it is does is uh, give us gray skies and all kinds of snow? <laughs> Very depressing gray yes, skies. Yes. In fact, I, I was talking to one of my colleagues today, and she's like, yeah, I'm praying about either Florida or California. <laughs> I'm like, what? You just graduated. She's like, and I've had enough. enough. I've had enough. That's it. Time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. Awesome. And prior to coming to uh, our beautiful whole life church, I was in British Columbia, Canada. What brought you to British Columbia? Well, I mean, you're not that far. I mean, if you're already in Michigan, <laughs> you're just, just a hop, skip, and a jump, but you know. Well, I had a calling there to work as um, a uh, acts of kindness uh, organization, which is their community outreach organization cool. there. And I was also an associate pastor at the church in the valley. In the valley. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then on here to Florida. And here we are. Yes. And so far, so good. We like. Do we like Florida? Is you it, know, is it... I'm starting to see that little heat come in yeah, it's, it's and I wasn't quite ready for it. <laughs> we, uh, I'll tell you that that never changes. No matter how long you're here, oh, yeah. uh, this is Heather and I, we arrived summer of 01 in August. And so we are almost 21 years. And the first year that we were here, I literally thought, where did we move to? <laughs> I, I, I was working as a financial advisor. I had a suit on. Oh, my. I literally walked one block. I walked out the front door, 100 feet to the sidewalk to the cross the street, another 100 feet inside the AC, came back. And they're like, where did you go? I said, I went to the cafeteria for lunch. They're like, you're sweating down to your waistband. And I'm like, I know. We live in literally, like, I don't even know where we're living. This is ridiculous. And uh, so there was a little bit of buyer's remorse that first probably two or three summers. And now it's just like, well, yeah, yeah it's okay. AC is AC. Hey, that's right. We make it. You don't just stand out in the front yard and get sunburned and complain about it, right? You go inside where the AC is. Well, I mean, this is not as bad as uh, Haiti, actually. Really? Surprise. Okay. Yeah, you, we have that that uh, hot heat, and there's no wind blowing through hmm. from the waters that makes it kind of like gentle. Okay. All right. This is like hot, sticky. Yeah, it's hot sticky. And you flip over and you get hot and sticky on the other side too. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's not a windows <laughs> open, although we have we have two I think it two summers collectively a total of three, but in three different summers, but really for two whole summers we didn't have AC. Ooh. And it's uh you know, it's um it's not optimal. Well, we won't talk about let's environmental not talk about that. changes anyways. No, let's talk about <laughs> bearing false witness. Oh my. That's one that I feel like maybe should be at the top of the list because mm-hmm. I think it's one that is easy to – I mean, have you ever just – and I'll, I'll just say I have. You say something and then you go, where did that come from? <laughs> it, it started with a story and then you kind of went to another story, both which were true, mm-hmm. but somehow in the crossover, Cross-fiction. you're just like, wait a minute, that's I don't think that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> You know, and, and is it a, you know, eh, well, was his friends? Is it a big deal? It's kind of a white lie. But then it seems like you're like laying the foundations 
for future episodic like <laughs> failures of your synopses not connecting correctly. And pretty soon it's pretty easy to tell a really good story mm-hmm. or it's easier to not just be 100 percent honest, even if the 100 percent honesty really wouldn't change the tone or yep. the outcome of the conversation. Sure. And so you're just like, is it that big of a deal? And yet, you know, everything is a slippery slope. And I just, you know, I just thought of, I was thinking about that and all the ones that we've done because Ken mm-hmm. and the podcast is you've, it was, we've been listening to this, this series and I've been going, I went back through my notes and like every single one of them, it's always been, okay, well, it's this. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't steal. But then it's like, well, stealing is. And it's like, oh, no. Now there's 10 more things I have to worry about. What are the what are the other things in this case when it comes to bring false witness and not telling the whole truth? What are those other things that come into play where we're just like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about, about that. Oh, wow. Well, now I've got something. I've got something else to think about. Right. You know, don't don't bear false witness. Well, yeah, of course. But and then it's like, oh, that's bearing false. Oh, no. So what, what did you find as you were preparing? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I thought Jesus was a most interesting lawyer. He got her off on the technicality. And actually, another pastor came up to me and, and shared that. And I was like, oh, that is so good. I wish I said that in the sermon. But um, the reality of it is that uh, we bear witness, uh, witness to who God is. And I think thou shall not bear false witness to whom God is should be the full and complete sentence. Okay. Because like the that. idea here is that um, when you look at a situation or a court case and you have to weigh the options of what you're going to say, it's always based on getting someone either off or giving them the proper justice that they deserve. Yeah. Right? And so the fact that this there's this sort of court language surrounding witnessing, you could have said, you know, don't don't say terrible stories about your neighbors. Don't say nonsense about your neighbors or call them raka, you know, crazy in the New Testament. He could have easily said that, which he eventually does and expands on. But the the fun part about this is that he he puts it in the narrative of a court language. And I think it's because God is really hearkening to the idea of truth. Mm. That we have to evaluate. There's an evaluation process that you make to determine what you speak next. Mm. So included in that is this idea of pausing and reflecting. So what are the things that you're reflecting on in order to determine how you're going to speak? Ooh. Like if we think about yep. the Johnny Depp and Amber Kudos, <laughs> by the way. That's that's in my notes to just I was just gonna say kudos to you at some point for being able to work in you know the, the OJ Simpson case of our generation right now, seemingly, where everyone seems to be tuned in. Everybody has an opinion from fem- you know, what rights you know women and men have in relationships to all this, and you worked it in brilliantly. Listen, it, it was so clear. I was like, oh God, this is beautiful. Like <laughs> Thanks for the object lesson, right? Like (laughs) this whole idea of defamation. Like, what's the significance of defamation? And it's the same thing. Who are you defaming Mm -hmm. when you decide to not speak the truth and give a different account? Or when you decide to keep silent 
and not allow the truth to come out by intimating what actually happened, who loses from this in component, that, yeah. right? And so, you know, Ken said, you know, you can kill in many different ways. I was just going to say, thou shalt not kill this. And, and that's the other part about this, the Ten Commitments, as we know, we, we are now calling, calling them. them. <laughs> you know, we're not going to back away from that. But that they're so intertwined when you mm-hmm. think about, because people like to leave you know, like, well, again, that one doesn't apply because I haven't killed anybody. And and then you start digging deeper and deeper and deeper and going, oh, man, and now this one connects with this one and this one connects with this one. Mm-hmm. And just overall, it always comes back to, and I wish I would have brought the notes, and I can't remember which episode it was, but Ken gave us like three tips mm-hmm. um, on how to know whether you are like off the track. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like self-evaluation. Jesus is always the answer. Mm -hmm. And then there was one more at the end. But And how I've just noticed that every week, and it doesn't matter if Anderlene's preaching or Ken's preaching, they always come back to the same thing. And it's really, it just really comes back to your foundation in God and in your relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And do you want that? Right. Are, are Are you articulating what you're trying to feed yourself, even if you don't know, what you're doing, trying to feed yourself. I think that's the part every week that I try to get to is what if I don't know what I don't know, Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm no good at this. I I pray and I, I, you know, sometimes I just pray the Lord's Prayer. I feel like there's some power there when Jesus told his followers, this is how we pray. Mm -hmm. And I I think that shouldn't ever lose significance over time. But if I'm doing all those things and then you don't hear any resolution. You don't Mm -hmm. feel any different. And, you know, we talked about it, I believe last week and Ken's like, well, you know, you just, you got to keep hanging on, you got to keep doing and you got to keep trusting and you have the faith. And it's like, that is so hard for people, for all of us, Yeah, but it's also hard for the people. And I worry about the people that go, well, I see those Christians, (laughs) but I'm not sure I trust them because, you know, they don't really act like the Jesus that I think I know. Right. Isn't that the critique, right? They're they're actually really saying you are lying about your witness. (laughs) That's what I was, thank you. It's defamation. You're defaming the Jesus we're seeing in the Bible. You're defaming him by your actions. You're putting a whole different spin on the Jesus we've heard or seen, right? And so, It's all tied in together. And I think the depth of the question that I think God poses to us is, what's going to be the value system that you put towards humanity and towards God? Yeah. Like, I feel like as a society, we have lived in lies for far too long. Mm. That truth has no significance. Man. I mean, think about it. Our whole entire entertainment, music, uh, politics, everything is about an exaggerated, quote unquote, truth, truth. artistic licenship, right? Like, I we- mean, <laughs> even tw- twisted at the very least. Tweaked at the very minutia. Yep. yep. And we were we were just we were talking a little politics because I gave you a little <laughs> of the business for mentioning Trump and Obama in the same Oof. in the same sermon. And I, and I loved it because I think those are the kinds of things that if they trigger you, mm-hmm. then you have to look deeper and find out what the root of those are because we hold on to things that we shouldn't. Yeah. And we hold on to them like they're like there's something in there for us long term. Right. 
And I'm not saying that we shouldn't call out things that we don't agree with as Christians. And even if our viewpoints, Angelina and Randy could come up with two starkly different viewpoints sitting at the table, but to be able to talk about them in love and just say, yeah, I agree with that, or I agree with part of that, or I don't agree, or whatever, and still have that. But when we, when people know you, like, well, mm-hmm. you, that's what you believe in because of this person. And I think, how how little do we know about truth if we can simply say, oh, well, or even someone, um, Twitter has been melting down with Amber Heard <laughs> and Johnny Depp. And it's like, well... If you believe that, or if you stand for, or if you stand next to, then you believe this. And it's like, why well, you can have, there's there's such a richness in what we believe in, mm-hmm. and in our own journeys that just, I, it's always the broad brush that gets me. Yes. You're, well, well you're, you know, you're a Republican, Republican you're a Democrat, you're or you're Democrat. this, or you're that, yeah. or you're a liberal, yeah. conservative. Right. Or you're a Christian because you believe this. <laughs> And it's usually, but I find the broad brush with Christians isn't usually the positive one. It's usually the negative one. Exactly. And when you were preaching this week, I I wasn't there. We were at a a, a, I surf, I can surf event (laughs) with Emily and uh, they let Ellie come along and she got almost got up. She got up onto the position and was going for the feet before she crashed. So she, oh, she was right there. Yeah. Anyway, but when I, when I listened to the message, it really hit home with this one. Mm Mm-hmm. That even with our best intentions, we can be so far wrong in perception and and in reality. And I think to myself, that's the part where if I if someone goes, oh, that's just Randy mm-hmm. or yeah, that Randy guy, he's not that smart or I don't really care what Randy says. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But when it's. Well, I thought Randy was a Christian. <laughs> or I thought that Christians acted differently than mm-hmm. what Randy just did. Mm-hmm. Or and then you 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 feel that weight just kind of put on your shoulders. Correct. In your opinion after doing this, do you think there's a line that we that we balance? Is it how do how do we balance that responsibility? Also knowing that last time I checked, you're not Jesus nope. with his capabilities and neither am I. Thank God. <laughs> right, <laughs> we exactly. would all fail. <laughs> and, and, and knowing that we're going to fail, mm-hmm. how, do we, how do we carry ourselves and take opportunities to say to someone, yeah, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't my best day? Or how do we balance that? Because I think for a lot of people, Giving up is easier, right? To just say that Absolutely. is that is too much responsibility. I'm just going to stay in my corner. I'm never going to have an opinion. I'm never going to do this, and I don't think that helps us either. No. Well, I mean, here's the here's the deal: is that we have lost a key component in all of this. Mm. That this is all about love. Ooh. Okay. That love is the overarching principle here. Love God and love your neighbors as yourself, which is why when I started the second sermon, I said, you know, how do we love people when we don't even love ourselves, ourselves. right? Ooh, yeah. Love is the undergirding of all of this. And when you go to 1 Corinthians 13 and you have all the lists of attributes of love and you recognize, oh, this is what God does for me and this is how I'm supposed to love, how are we going to do all of this? Well, that's the point. There's no way for us to love the way that we ought to unless we are dependent on God and the Holy Spirit to help us love the way that we ought to. Mm -hmm. But there's also grace for the journey. Part of the love 
principles is long suffering. <laughs> oh. And let me tell you, Are I you pray sure? every day for that long suffering because I mess up a hundred times every minute. Did you double check that that that's a thing? Oh, the long, suffering part? long suffering. I need it. I'm just, and I'm if not. it's not there, it better be there because I need it. <laughs> Well, if you missed last week's episode, please don't, because we talked at length. uh, Jeff was back from vacation, and we talked at length because even after last week's message, I felt like, how can we show any of this? How can we Mm -hmm. be good at any of this if we sometimes have the worst self-talk? I'm like out there. Right. We don't believe ourselves mm-hmm. that we are even worthy sometimes of what God gives. We don't believe that we're ever going to get any part of it right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like our self-talk is so horrible. He's testifying to me right now. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. And and, and and I really struggled with that mm-hmm. last week and through after last week's message. I listened to it twice mm-hmm. and I was still like at the end I don't like this person that I am to myself mm-hmm. sometimes. And so how far does that out like if you throw that in the in the pond and that ripple effect, how far does that go? And the damage that we don't even know we do just because we didn't start with ourselves first. Right. And that's that's a tough one. How that's do you, key. How, how do you how do you do the self-love to the point where you can go, all right, I don't feel it, but maybe God, you got you know, how does that work? How does it work for Andaline? Because I really felt like those two from yeah. last week and this was almost in that same, same vein yeah. that we really have to have a better grasp on that before well, we I think you gotta extend grace and long suffering to yourself. I mean, we spend years learning these bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> the Christians that we know have taught sure. us a way of being Christians, right? Mm. Um, we have learned our, co- our commitments in an authoritative, you know, beat down kind of way. Now we got to unlearn all of those gotta things. Um, mm. We have learned God in a very specific way, not the God of grace, the God of, you know, patience. He's like a big father. He's like, look, these kids are just such knuckleheads, but I love them anyways, and I'm going to wait on them because I know there's a point in their journey they have enough information to make the right decision Hmm. and every decision is a battlefield for him and he knows how to curate it's like a masterpiece to move us towards the direction of his side and the right side and the truth side so that you find freedom and healthiness in order to then exude that back out into your community. This concept of being blessed to be a blessing is not simply material things, but I think it was very critical to be a spiritual thing. So God works with you, and then you in turn work with the people that you influence or in relationship with. So it's very interconnected relational progress. I like the word that you use. You just said he curates Mm -hmm. our decisions, even when they're not the right decisions. Correct. As a corrective measure in love. And if you can maybe remember that Mm -hmm. when it's like this day, man, just, you know, throw it in the throw it in the garbage can, put some gas on it, drop a match, go to bed. Let's go back for tomorrow. But then to know instead of beating ourselves up about it, know that this day that was so bad was probably a day that God did some major curating. Correct. And he did some major moving in another direction. And before you got here, Pastor Andy was McDonald was our senior pastor, and he always said, 
it's easier for God to move a ship that's already out of port than to get it to leave. So like once you're once you at <laughs> I least love that. Yeah. Once you at least take off and leave and just go, God's gonna curate this into something better. Mm. Maybe not to and the problem is, of course, it's never like to yet, you know, tomorrow where it's like all right, sir, that was a horrible <laughs> yesterday. Today we have curated a new direction for you. And, oh, by the way, here's the coordinates. I mean, obviously, if it worked that way, we would. it would probably be a little bit – well, it would be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But maybe just knowing and remembering – but I, I like the action, the verb, the curating, mm-hmm. the, the idea that maybe molding. Molding, and, coaching. And, and turning and mm-hmm. moving and like – you know, just like your your child when they crawl, you just kind of turn them the other direction so they don't go towards the stairs. Exactly. You know, and, and thinking of it that way, I, I kind of like that visual. It's honestly, it's been the ongoing visual for me. I'm like, I, like I think it. about the fact that there's a lot of these parental relationships throughout the Bible. And then God says, I am your Abba, <laughs> which means like, I'm your father. I need you to understand Jesus, that. Yeah. And, and you no, know, unless you've had a very horrible or non-existent father, most people kind of get the idea of what a father's supposed to be like. Yeah. And, you know, fathers have bad days, but then they still are there for you. Fathers fathers have, like, you know, moments, but they're still there for you. But And God may have had, well, in fact, I can tell you, he's had moments where he's like, man, these kids are knuckleheads. I just want to get rid of all of them. But then he comes <laughs> back and he says, nope, I'm going to keep warning them gently. I'm going to keep working with them, and I'm going to get them to where they need to, to be. be. And there is a point where the witness will witness me, right? They will display me not because they are perfect. In fact, I think we got to get rid of this perfectionism component. Even though it says, be ye perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Right, yeah. I think we need to kind of look at that again. I could go into a whole nother series on just that alone. Sure. But I think there's a, uh, it's the idea that we, we keep moving forward because our Father God is moving us forward, mm. right? Like he that. keeps yeah. moving us along towards the the type of example we had in Jesus, mm. right? Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's not going to be the perfection we think it's going it's, to be. It's, it's both the good and the bad. Again, we go back to that whole court scene, yeah. right? And this whole idea that what are we evaluating here? And what is the truth of the situation? And if the truth is what needs to be spoken, right? Right? Yeah. That's what needs to be spoken. Mm. But there's an evaluation ooh, process. Ooh. Yeah. You mentioned stepping on toes. I told you I'll step on toes. No, no, no. <laughs> and I, you know, I you you brought in Radisson. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to decide, we're going to put it on the meter and we're going to decide judge, jury and executioner, which one is, <laughs> you know, better or worse. And, oh, you know, can I say something too? Sure. You know what? Part of the reason why I think God really brought this story to light for me sure. is the fact that at the end of the day, his value system was to always value life. Yeah. How does life get restored in this in in this witness that they're calling me to? Sure. Where everyone was quick to condemn. Right. right? And they're just as worthy as death as she is. The lady caught in adultery. Correct. Yeah. By not fully exposing them with words, he could have easily called them whitewashed sepulchers, which he does later on because that exposure needed to happen. Sure. So there's different levels of exposure that's being done in this narrative. But 
at the end of it, there is a restoration of value mm. that happens here, both for those who had their conscience yep. pricked and for those for the one who needed a a verbal affirmation. So there's a lot going on in, in this idea of witnessing that I think we tend to miss is that there has to be a value system mm. of restoration. Yeah. And that's key. Love and restoration. This conversation if there's not. Exactly. Like if it's not, then let's just not. What's the point? Because it's only gonna I've thought about this story before when when you started into your message and I thought when he when this woman is dropped in front of them, mm-hmm. like you said, probably naked, direct from the act and oh, how would you have caught her in the act, right? And that someone like the it takes two to tango is what I was always told. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that and you think and you think about that scene and what Jesus could have done, or <laughs> I don't like to think about it, but probably what I would have done. <laughs> and instead of calling them out, which they fully deserved, they, you know, the the way they went about the whole thing, he could have just he could have torn them apart piece by piece. And I think part of it, being that he didn't, actually saved her some of the disgrace and the re- the reliving, the retelling, the arguing, mm. those things only just inflame the whole situation. And instead of throwing gas on the fire, he literally is just like, well, let's just start a little blaze inside you and let's just write this down here where only you can see it. And then, and then you go, well, I'm a little upset because he spares them the public humiliation that they didn't feel like they needed to spare her. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, you look at it and say, everyone probably got more out of that by taking the route that he did by them going, wow, I could have just been outed big time, especially maybe the other person, the co-conspirator, if you will, thinking to himself, oof. We'll that, go back to the Amber Shepard and that, Johnny Depp. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know what they said in the whole entire trial, but I watched this complex man being, his character being completely assassinated. Yeah. And yet, in the assassination of his character, he is just like laughing, smiling. He's like, hey, that's just me. <laughs> what? What do you want me to say? Yes, I did this. And some people would think this is such a comedy. What is wrong with this man? He should be saying more. Or why is she addressing him with such harshness and just gravitas, as the word says? Oh, look at such words, everybody. Figure what that means. out. Um, <laughs> and yet, I think for me was those moments of silence when he is being faced with that accusation and his response in that moment. You see the complexity of a man who knows that he's not perfect and accepts it. And he's like, well, yeah, I do this. It it is weird because today nobody wants to take responsibility. From politicians on down, you look at Watergate and you think if Watergate happened today, it would be a six it'd be on the sixth page. Yep. No, nobody nobody's resigning the presidency over Watergate <laughs> in twenty twenty or twenty twenty two. But Johnny Depp has been I and again, on Twitter is my little I catch my little uh, <laughs> feed of the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. 
But he literally, and he has this kind of funky monotone voice yep. that you don't expect because he's not acting. He's just being Johnny Depp. This right. is the person, Johnny Depp. Right. And he will admit to things mm-hmm. with a frankness that you'd, first off, you don't expect because it's not part of our culture to just accept responsibility. Yep. For things that people find odd, odd. or mm-hmm. people find maybe reprehensible in some levels and p- things that people find, oh, man, I don't know if I like this. Mm-hmm. And he's just open and frank about it. And it's been a stark difference. I don't know that much about the trial, but at least in the court of public opinion, he is killing it <laughs> because he literally is saying on the things, because he's taken that. To, on the other issues, he's like, no, nah, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Or that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And- you know, here this, this, and this is why, you automatically believe him because he's like, I haven't denied a thing. And even the things that you would go, maybe you should have denied that one. <laughs> I don't know. But truth speaks. But, but the truth speaks. And I, I, I just, I love that you put it in here. And, and every time you, you go back, you're like, oh, that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. You, you can see where those come along. But it also gives a good a good view of like where we are as a society mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. And like, should this be what our judicial system is actually working on is Amber Heard and Johnny Depp? I mean, I'll let you figure that out. Everyone can do a lawsuit. It's America. But- you know, aren't there, aren't there better things we could be discussing and litigating? But anyway. Yeah, yeah. But it does. It makes you think about yourself. Like, would I would I be as forthcoming and honest? Or is the way I'm living my life as a Christian, would I want to have it under that kind of scrutiny? And would I be as forthcoming as he's been? And if the answer is I would be deathly afraid, there might be some things to look at as far as what we're, what we're doing with, our, with ourselves in our lives. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I happen to also have some clinical therapy in the, in the background. And we therapists work so hard to get people to just acknowledge the truth about themselves. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. because, But we know if you acknowledge the truth about yourself, there's freedom there. Because, I mean, there are some stories that are so traumatic that they now manifest into these mental health challenges that if truth is brought in can be very freeing. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes we want justice for certain issues like, you know, abuse and all these other things. Sure. When they're brought into light, now we can all discuss them from the same scope. But when we don't, shame, guilt, mm. all of these challenges become the the barrier, the jail that keeps us from becoming the fullness of joy, happiness, peace, right? I think the most sacred place for anyone who's listening to this podcast is accepting the truth for ourselves, mm. right? Yeah. yeah, you don't live up to the, the standards of Christianity, So what? You work at things every single Single day. day. You know, we're so quick to display our values that we don't actually build those values. Right, yeah. We're such a selfie Twitter, look how great I am, Those that, that humble brag that we like to do. Uh, uh, what are you talking about, Andrew? Humble brag? <laughs> yo, 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 oh, I praise the Lord for giving me $100,000 to buy this house. And I'm like, okay, did we really need to know you spent $100,000, I wish, on a house? Like, nobody needs to know that, right? Yeah. So, But we do this as a display 
And we have got into this display dynamics, but all underneath there's loneliness, there's anger, there's trauma, there's all of these things that we can't acknowledge. And it's what's keeping us so heavily bound to the the bad behaviors and and honestly to bitterness. Who wants to be that kind of Christian where you're like yeah. angry and bitter all the time? Well, and I think it's it's maybe worse for Christians oh. when we want to seem like, well, I, I read my Bible today and mm. I you know I did I did these things and I'm pretty happy with myself and I'll tell <laughs> like you about a it. And, yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with making sure you get things done. And if that's the kind of per, you know type A personality, I have to check things out. Mm-hmm. But you're right. If we're not being able to just say, look, no matter if I made my list, did make my list or, you know, whatever, whatever you have to do to mm-hmm. make sure things get done or or what you be- what you believe. And I think, though, as Christians, if you can't say that, you know what, I have defamed the Lord. I have I've you know, I've, I've broken laws, sins. You name it, 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 it's been there. And sometimes it's the, you know, the thoughts that we're like, well, nobody knows my thoughts except mm-hmm. God. And then that's a whole other thing you have to think about. But to just be able to be clear and honest and say, you know, I always like to say, pick a sin. I've done it. And I've done it well. Right. And it's just like, so, you know, if you want to accuse me of something, I'm probably guilty. <laughs> and I may be guilty today even, you know, right. But let's just all start from the same the same part. And I know it's hard, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I like, I really like conversations where people don't tiptoe. Yeah. And you said, and I, I want to, there's a ton we're not going to get to just because of time <laughs> that I wanted to talk about, but I don't want to let this go because I feel like speaking of Johnny Depp, Amber Heard and our culture, whether you want to talk about woke culture, you want to talk about cancel culture and all the different things that go along with it. But you said we can't be a family stuck in a culture of niceties. Mm. Niceties don't bring change. Niceties don't bring justice. The culture of niceties makes us comfortable and muddies our witness. Dang, that's tweetable. I said that. You did say that, and if if you, I, you know, we can uh, we can definitely tweet that out and send it to me. Wow. Hashtag hashtag humblebrag. Uh, <laughs> and so when you said that, it really made me think of it's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to have the conversations that say, Anderlene, I think you are off base. I love you. You're my friend. Annalie's been to my house. She's mm-hmm. had dinner. I've made her coffee. And I would and I consider her to be my friend. Mm-hmm. Our daughters are friends. Yep. But there are there are things that if we had to talk about, I would just be like, Ooh, that's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. But I also know that being nice in delivery and saying, or just being honest and saying, I don't know. I have to. I'll be honest. I'll, I'll I'll be really transparent here. I have a have I have to have a conversation with someone close to me that I do not want to have mm. because I know that that person is going to be hurt by what I have to say. Oof. And that's tough. It's something though that has to be said, mm-hmm. and it's something that I have struggled with for a couple of months and prayed about mm-hmm. to say. How do I approach this? Because the last thing I want to do is hurt unduly the person that I need to talk to. But I also need this person to understand my truth 
mm-hmm. about this subject. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of conversations. I mean, and if this, again, with people that are close, it, I don't think it makes it easier or or, no. or harder. Yeah, It's that way with everyone. When you stop and think about it, it's like, oh, if I knew the person, I could talk to them about it. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't make it any easier. If I had something that I had to talk to you about that was difficult, I would still hand ring. I would still go, I would still pray and say, God, yeah. help me through this. But just knowing that we don't want to get this wrong, what? How do you? How do you approach this? You're a justice ministries person, mm-hmm. and I know that you in your office conversations happen all yeah. the time about things that we we don't like to admit happen every day, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't want, and we certainly don't want to talk about them. Right? How do you approach those? And maybe something that we can give listeners to. I don't know, gird the loins and, and, and just go like, no, you can do it. And and here's how and here's yeah. the mindset. And you know, so speak into that a little bit for us. You know, I keep going back to First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. And I read that and reread it because for me, I always want to approach any conversation from the place of love. Mm. And just as you beautifully said, this is a hard conversation for me to have, and I don't want it to ruin our relationship. And so I'm coming with this with lots of prayer, but I need to share this with you because I'm hoping that in sharing this with you, Mm. we can have a good conversation that helps my truth to be heard, and then I can understand where you're coming from. from? I think we, we think love is soft. Love is weak. We have this love in our minds that just is so fluffy and Disney. Oops, I said Disney. <laughs> is there some sort of <laughs> gratuity for this mention? Unfortunately, Disney does not sponsor this his whole life. Darn, darn. We we gotta work on that. But if you're listening, you know, uh, we, we will entertain offers. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. we we have been so indoctrinated by a false love narrative Mm. that we don't know how to witness the true love. True love is difficult. It takes time. It's patient. It takes all types of forms. We don't treat our children the same way we treat our wives, at least you shouldn't be. And we don't treat our neighbors the same way we treat our friends. And so there's, there's just a complexity of relationship. But yet if you approach all of these relationships with the sacredness of love, then I think you have greater success in terms of hard conversations. At least you can probably leave knowing that you did everything in your power. If you did it with prayer and preparation, and if it's not well received, it has to. I mean, it doesn't make it easier because that's not the, the mm-hmm. goal. The goal you desire, of course. Mm-hmm. But at at the end of the day, it has to at least be. I did everything I could, the best Absolutely. way I could, and. How it was received is how it's received. And and I tell people this, you know, words are seeds, right? And yeah. if you choose to sow a seed of love, it will grow. Mm. And and it doesn't matter how difficult the soil of of that conversation was, but as long as you know you're approaching the conversation from that value system of love, which is God is love. We say this all the time, but yeah. we we make love seem so weak <laughs> um, that I think when when we reorient our minds towards this idea that love is this most powerful thing in the whole entire universe, a sovereign God, the reach mm. into times and space, then you can utilize this, these principles with the same level of care and concern that God would for us with another person. And it sounds easy, but until you look at that that chapter on love, let me tell you, it is very 
difficult because you start recognizing, I don't have this. Holy Spirit, can you please help me with that area? <laughs> I'm not exactly too kind here. And so you start really holding yourself accountable for the principles of love and incorporate those things into your life. And that's why I keep going back to that chapter, because sometimes I tell my daughter I love her, but my witness to her tells me I hate her. And so Ooh. then I'm like, ooh, let me go back to these principles. Was I kind? Was I patient? Jeez. Was I gracious? Was I gentle? Oops, gentleness. We are missing gentleness. Oops. So then I go back to her and I say, I wasn't very gentle with you in this. I'm so sorry. See, we apologize for getting caught in lies, but we don't apologize for not displaying the proper love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? And so... If our apology is supposed to hold witness, then be specific. Oh, I'm going into marriage counseling here. Be specific about what you're apologizing for and how you didn't display love in that component. And now you change the whole entire conversation dynamic to the witness of love. Hey, I'm going to start this tough conversation with you with pretty much no patience at this point in time. Or maybe I'm not going to be as gentle as I would like to be because I'm weak on those things. Yeah. But I really need to have this conversation with you because I understand this behavior in this way. Is that what you really meant? Yeah. Or I felt like this for the longest time. Is this what was intended? Right. So then you share from a space of we're both safe. We're both looking for a solution Mm. that values one another. And we both are approaching this conversation with the end result that love will grow. Mm. I like that because not everybody is good about saying, well, this is how you made me feel. Mm -hmm. I'm upset because you said this. Mm -hmm. Well, And then from your perspective, you might say, well, I don't see why that would be like Mm -hmm. a big deal. Mm -hmm. But when you add, it made me feel this way. Absolutely. Now, if you love somebody, you have to you have to make that change. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, Heather and I have been married over twenty years. And when you say something, you know, if she says to me, you know, I don't like it when you make me feel this way because mm-hmm. you weren't patient with me or you weren't kind with me, and it's like, yeah. I, I see that, and I'm I'm bad at that sometimes. That's and great may, love communication. And, and love maybe, that, and maybe more, and you know maybe more than than I I would would want to admit. Mm-hmm. But that is you know the the dynamics of growth when you realize if I say something and I really communicate the truth, then the other person if, if then they don't respond. After you've done that, then you have then you maybe have to wonder, do you are you not just getting it? Am I not communicating in a great way? But, you know, none of us I I don't I believe that for the most part, most people really don't set out. We we like to be right. We like Mm -hmm. to win arguments. We like to do all those things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I I don't know that many people that are just like, man, I really hope I crush them. You know, like I crush their spirit or I do something horrible in the process of winning this argument. <laughs> 
but the miscommunication or the lack of communication just leaves it out there. And then, you know, the devil picks up the other piece of the puzzle and goes, oh, I bet they did mean it that way. You or, know what? You brought a great point because I, I've always thought about why doesn't the com- the commitment say thou shalt not bear false judgment? Oh, It yeah. says Do, thou shalt not bear false <laughs> witness. Yeah. And so it then makes me think the judge and jury in this is not us. So when we go in trying to crush people, we've already put in a judgment call that does not belong to us, right? And we've all done it to somebody. And we've all done it. And so now you've done broken the ninth commitment (laughs) without really intentionally wanting to do it. Oh man, I'm telling you, every every week we talk long enough to make sure we find these extra pieces and these extra little levels where you just go, yeah, I thought there was something wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess there is. Yeah. It's a little deeper than I thought. It's a it little was. deeper than I thought. And it always comes back to, and and that's really been, and I I we went over this the last couple of weeks here on the podcast, so it's nothing new to listeners, but it is. Something that I feel like this is why we did this. Yeah. This is why this matters and why commandments. Commitments. And the commitments. <laughs> why those two words to me matter so much. People, yeah. someone, uh, I talked to someone in the lobby and they're like, ah, kind of, yeah, the commitment sounds kind of cool. I don't, I don't think it changes anything. Mm. And I'm not saying you're wrong if you don't think it's changed anything. But for me, it has definitely changed how I view God. Mm-hmm. Ever since Zed, we did the, I still can't find the episode that we did with Zed. I'm going to have to listen to every single one. There's only 312 to go through. <laughs> Randy, come on, hurry it up with this, would you? But where we talked about this in detail with Andy and Jeff and myself and Zed, he had the message one week and he said, you know, the word is really closer to commitment and it mm-hmm. brings both parties together. And then it takes the parties that you interact with within the Ten Commitments. Now it brings them into the relationship like you have with God. And if you can remember, love your neighbor as yourself and, and love love the Lord your God with all your heart. Mind, you know, then it's like, well, wait a minute. Now it's more of... This is really what God wants from me. And this is what God's giving me. Mm -hmm. And then it's, oh, well, we're all in this together. And it makes a huge, huge difference. Difference. And so I just, I I feel like that's why we've had these discussions each Mm -hmm. and every week. And so I, there's a ton that I wrote down that we're not going to get to because we're already (laughs) at 50 minutes. And, but I, I, I just wanted to say that I appreciated your message a lot because I think as we f- we keep finding these intertwining mm-hmm. pieces and you just go, the Ten Commitments aren't scary. They're not. The Ten Commandments might feel a little bit like it. Right. But the Ten Commitments really should be, this is the best me. And, oh, man, who could have figured that that would happen? Oh, maybe God did. That's why we did the Ten <laughs> Commitments, right? Oh, man. I, I, I really am so appreciative of the fact that, you know, we're going down these Ten Commitments because, honestly— when I look back at the story as to why Jesus decided to give us 10 commitments, he's moving his children from a place of bondage into freedom. Uh, yes. You have to remember this is about living freely for, you know, what is that? he came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And that abundance and freedom has to be able to be held on to because we're very quick about being ourselves in situations that are not great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So he gave us 10 commitments so that we can commit not only to him, but to our each other, that we're going to live freely, mm. and this is how we're going to do it, and be in relationship with one another. 
and that freedom, and man, it sounds it sounds cliche in my head. Mm. So I know it's going to probably not come out the way I'm thinking, but mm-hmm. we always were told as kids that you live in God and you live in love and you live, and there's a freedom to that. And I never, for the majority of my life, have ever really seen that in a positive <laughs> because it's not the freedom that I would think matters mm-hmm. or makes a difference in my life. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it and you say that freedom is the freedom to not only make your life better, but then when it ripples out, it makes those around you better. Now you're working like a family mm-hmm. at Whole Life Church as we all work at this. Man, it's a it's it's scary to think of how great an impact a group of people can have. If this really is your foundation and this is the freedom that you mm-hmm. find your foundation in, because if you're finding your freedom in not not following commitments, not following rules, or you know, you're finding it in media, in society or politics, if mm-hmm. that's where your freedom to think and the space that you live in, mm-hmm. that's a scary world to live in. Is all I'm saying is the rest of it. In here, it's it, can, it, can I reframe that a little bit? Sure. What if we were to live in all of those spaces with those ten commitments right, being yeah. applied? Absolutely. Right. Because I mean, politics unfortunately will be part of this world until Jesus comes, comes again, back, yeah. and you know, unfortunately, we're gonna have these sort of oppositional views. But what if we decided to have these oppositional views with those absolutely. ten commitments in play? Now you're right. a game changer, right? And now you look at all, but and you look at all those with grace, and then mm-hmm. you can extend grace and going. It's not that important. Mm -hmm. What's important is the freedom I have here. And then at the end of the day, you can walk away from pretty much almost any conversation and still love that person, love, you know, whatever. And it's still not going to be something that you hold or you drag around and go, man, that was just a downer. You know, because you're in that freedom. Right. And and now you're doing the work of restoring others into freedom. Right. Right. And I think that's what the purpose of our community is, is that we're not just only hogging our own freedom and saying, ha, 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 we have the freedom. Look at how good we get it. Look at how Outsiders. But we want to say, hey, we're having these difficult conversations because we want other people to be free. And there is freedom in Christ that we want to exemplify and has nothing to do with all of these issues that we've made them. Yeah. It's more about wanting to have love be the core integrity by which we operate. And again, I hate the fact that we have made love seem so weak when it is the hardest Hardest thing thing. to do in this whole entire world. And I I just think if that is where we're trying, our witness is going to be like, we want to exemplify what God has done for us and how his love has set us free. Now we enter want to do it for other people. Now you have a whole different kind of church and a whole different type of conversation. That's a whole movement. Listen. You know? Listen. That's countercultural in every way, shape, and form. Ah, he was countercultural with that that woman. I mean, we see it. Throughout the ministry. Throughout the ministry. All right. On Saturday, you were spared. <laughs> Twice, you were spared the spotlight of Q&A. No. And so, since uh, since Randy just left Jeff out of today's podcast, Oops. I did ask him, got good questions you'd like to ask Anderlene. Mm-hmm. And since we didn't have any questions from q and I'm going to ask one from Jeff. 
Mm-hmm. He said, I do like the positive spin on do not lie mm-hmm. as we take the opportunity to speak truth into what, at times, are difficult situations. But what might be discerning ways we could keep from adding too much of our own truth into those scenarios where our opinions are really not wanted? Mm. You know, truth shouldn't be oppressive. Then it's no longer truth. Oh. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free right but the whole idea of knowing the truth means you were seeking the truth oh okay so if someone is seeking the truth and what if they find your answer oppressive now that's the place where conversation and grace starts to begin right Uh-oh. we go back to that whole love principle. Go back to the love principle i mean it, difficult conversations are not are are not meant to be oppressive they're meant to be starters where we can learn from one another and enjoy our opposing views and as we grow and mature we'll come to some sort of conclusion that is surrounding the larger parameters of love so this just occurred to me as you were saying that mm-hmm. maybe part of the well, probably probably part of the problem is mm-hmm. that we are hoping for just like we do everything else in society, we need it now. If we can not want to just proselytize and make someone take our point of view, if we can get past that part, and now we've actually had a discussion and we don't agree, can we then the next step is just say. Okay, I'm going to have to think on that a while mm-hmm. and not have to have resolution and just be able to let that kind of simmer for a while. Mm-hmm. And then later, I find if you if you can work that into those conversations, then later on, you might read something. Mm-hmm. You might hear another conversation or you hear it come from a different, a completely different point of view, but with the same outcome and mm-hmm. then go, oh, I can totally see how that might be a viable mm-hmm. in certain situations. And now you've learned something. You've softened to an idea that was, ooh, that's that's uh, a little bit out there. Mm-hmm. And now we found a little common ground and we don't think, so instead of just putting on the person like, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a right wing, left wing, or they're a, you know, they're a conservative Christian or just a liberal, you know, Christian and, <laughs> You know, we, we can't trust all that. And But instead, just I think the grace is just maybe giving a little bit of time to let yourself settle, mm-hmm. let God speak into it. And then, you know, there's he always finds ways to, to, speak, know, to, to, to speak to those things. And Back to that curating part. Curating part. And I think we, we seem to think that we, our work is to force people to seek the truth, right? Like... Yeah, I know, I know, because we've always we've grown up with the Adventist Church has the truth. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I know, I know, I know, and it's always and it's always been one that just makes me pucker because I'm just like I am uncomfortable. I mean, maybe some people are who are a lot smarter than me. I mean, I'm not going to go debate Mark Finley <laughs> on, on you know the what is it 2300 day prophecy and you know whatever the other guy lived in a cave for a while oh, gosh. so uh, you know so i'm not going to argue with people who have studied a ton more mm-hmm. than i have but i'm also not convinced that we I, I i just have a real hard time just saying like we have the truth well i mean the bible also says he has placed the eternity in the hearts of man yeah so if he's placed eternity into the hearts of man then he's the, and he's also said i will write my laws upon their heart yeah. Right. And so if it is God who does the eternity part and writes the law upon people's hearts, I think we need to give God the space to do what God does best. 
And I think we need to learn how to be in love relationships Jeez. with other people and support and encourage. He says, encourage them with psalms and hymns. He don't. He's like not. He didn't mm-hmm. say support them with beating them over the head with the truth. <laughs> right. I feel like we're so aggressive because we have not settled ourselves into the truth that we supposedly have learned. Yeah. Because if it was given to us in love, then you recognize that it's a journey. Yeah. And not an oppression. And you give it away in love, then. Exactly. Or you would. You are comfortable admitting, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but this is what I think based on what knowledge I have. This is what I think, and maybe it makes sense, maybe and it here's doesn't. The scripture. Or let's talk about more. Can we can we start pointing people back to the Word of God? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the Word of God that convicted me. It's the Word of God that convicted you. It's the Word of God that is being exemplified in people's lives that convicts us, right? And yeah. tells us, oh, okay, there's something to this Christianity that's a little bit different. Because I see you living it out to the best of your ability, yeah. right? In your imperfection, but perfection ways, you're doing your thing. Yeah. It's not up to us to be the harbinger of this is the route. That- no, no, I'm like, hey, look, John gave me hope in this area. Yeah. Psalm spoke to my need in this area. Psalm 40. Go for it. The message, I'm just saying. Listen. Rough times, that was my go to forever. Right. I love the message version in Psalms 40, and that is just like if it for me, it was like it was written as though it w- it was how I would have written it mm-hmm. if I knew how to put into words what my heart felt at some of the lowest points in my life when even the word sustaining you then when you didn't even want it to. You right. feel like I don't have anything to do with this, and yet the word is still sustaining me, and no matter how hard I try, it still comes into my head. So I think to a certain degree, I think we have to ask ourselves, do we trust God's truth to be the truth? Mm, Yeah. Is God's truth enough to bear witness to his love? How much do you trust God's word to do the work that it needs to do? I think, honestly, a lot of our attacking has to do with the fact that we don't truly trust God to be God of his own word. That he's going to come through. He's going to come through. He's responsible. Because I think we're also afraid of how he's going to come through. Uh, that's okay. But <laughs> I know, right, right. But you're like, okay. you know, pretty soon you're finding yourself living in Connecticut in floaty <laughs> snowdrifts. I mean, or living in hot Florida. <laughs> roll me over. I'm done on this side. You know, I mean, yeah, I get it. I'm already burnt. Floaty. But it's, yeah. guess what? It's an adventure. It I've is. had a, it's been scary. It's been hard, but I've had a lot of fun. I've gotten to meet people in all of these crazy parts of my journey yeah. that I think it's the whole point of living life with God is that if you are on this thing with the Lord and he brings you to these different spaces and places, you're going to enjoy it more because now you have a testimony because you've lived and trusted the truth. And you, if you can trust what other people's truths are, even if they don't, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to be diabolically opposed because I think as Christians, even those that are of different denominations, I mean, there's a handful of things that we disagree on or that we don't see the same way. But when you look at like, I love it um, at night, Heather will be reading her Bible. I'll be mm-hmm. reading my Bible and something will stick out and we'll just blurt it out while the other person's reading. You know, not like, hey, you got a second? You know, just, just blurt it out. <laughs> and and she'll, she'll uh, a verse that means something to her that mm-hmm. she, in a place that she's reading or something that I'm reading, like, hey, did you know that? Mm-hmm. And, or did you, did you, I don't ever realize, you know, or my daughter, she'll read something and she'll just rattle off a verse and go, oh, da, 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 da. that's what it, you know. And you go, I love being surrounded by people that 
not necessarily always agree with me, but are wanting more of that sustaining word. Correct. And I think that's where, you know, prayer and in being in the word just keeps sustaining us and keeps giving us confidence. And that Absolutely. might be the biggest thing that we can do. And just remembering that everything, even the bad stuff that happens is because Jesus has a plan for complete love to bring us all home. And even though it's in it was a planet in the most messed up world you could ever think of, and then you look at it that way, it's like, well, maybe these weren't so messed up. Some of the things that had to happen because this world is pretty, pretty messed, messed up. up. Yeah. yeah. We always think, oh, man, that was so bad in the Bible days. But then when you look at our world, you're like, yeah. yeah we're about there. We're about there. <laughs> we're about yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. It's about right. That's yeah, about yeah. right. And, and I love the fact that, you know, you have different ages that can come to the word of God. And wherever they're at in their lives, they'll find something completely different. I think we got to start looking at how we come into the word of God. We read it for ourselves. There's a beautiful tapestry of understanding that we're all going to get. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because it's your relationship that's going to save you with the Lord, Lord right? Yeah. So instead of people trying to, don't take my word for it, go into the word. like Dig for it. Dig for it. Yeah. Look, talk to God about it. He's listening to you anyways. Yeah. Might as well have a conversation. Yeah. So I, I, I think we, we can let go of being oppressive about the truth by trusting that God can curate his own truth. Mm. All right. The word for today, kids, curate. is curate. And I am all for it. All right. We, uh, We're we out of time, aren't we? Well, yeah, but that's okay. It happens every once in a while. But one of this week's Whole Life Reflections asked us to kind of ponder Matthew 12, 37. Mm -hmm. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. And immediately I thought of a seesaw and uh, what time my... Uh, my extra COVID nineteen twenty five pounds spends on what side of that, <laughs> what side of that seesaw on the wrong end, and it just was a it, so. There's your visual as a seesaw, chubby little guy in a seesaw on the other on the side, going. How many times am I on the right side? Mm -hmm. And acquitted versus condemned, and it just it um, just gave me a visual of the power of words, the power of thought, the power that we go into conversations with as a family. And we have to we have to do it with ourselves. We have to do it with our family, our church family. If we have any chance of being because people outside are going to be just as diverse. And luckily at Whole Life, we're very diverse. And so it does help with being able to practice with each other mm -hmm. because then you're a little bit more prepared to step outside those doors than when everyone kind of like, well, we have group think. So how could how could this end horribly? <laughs> oh, my God. And we've seen how that has worked over the years. So first off, I want to say thank you for your message yeah. and thank you for being here yeah. and for having this has been a, a, a great conversation that I hope people are blessed by. Mm -hmm. And if there's anything you wanted to add and if you want to add a ask a question of Anderlene, 407 965 607 to text or voicemail. If you send a voicemail, we'll play it on the next podcast. Just saying. Or email podcast at wholelife.church and we will ask those questions beforehand. So get them in before next week if you want a straight answer from Anderlene. And I could probably even convince her to record her voice and answer the question and play it for you because we do answer all questions that come. And so get yours in right away. And the awesome. final thoughts are from the closing of Anderlene's message. She said, Bell, it was a book. Bell Hook is Bell that Hook. It? And what's the name? All of the about book? love. All about love. There will be a link in today's show notes for that book. Should you decide you would like to purchase it for yourself, but she said love should be the integrity of every human being. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if love is your integrity, what will you speak? You will speak love. 
Beloved has very actionable items. And somewhere in there you threw in frou-frou love or something like that, but I didn't put that in. <laughs> so what are you bearing witness to? What does your life speak? Because you could bear witness with words and without them. And if that doesn't motivate you to think about what am I taking in, what's my foundation, and where Am I getting my power from? Mm-hmm. Because it's all going to come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought that was really, really powerful. So well, praise God. Praise Well, praise God. Yeah, I, I do. I don't even remember half the sermon, but the, yeah. hallelujah. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to and I'm going to send you that uh, that other quote so you can send it out on. Yes, Twitter. Are you please. on Twitter by chance? I am not, but I, it looks like I'm going to get into Twitter now, huh? That's it. The, you, you will find that quote among others at Whole Life O R L on Twitter. That's where all of our, our kind of our, all of the things. That happened here at the awesome. at the podcast happened is on Twitter, and we are. I'm excited to announce. We talked a little bit about it on the bonus episode that mm-hmm. was a little bit late this week because I was editing late on Friday to get a video done for church, and it slipped my mind. Oops! That's what happens when you get old. <laughs> anyway, we went through. In case you missed it, check your feed. There is a summer blockbuster bonus episode that is outlining what we are doing from now until fall Ooh. at Whole Life Church. And there's a blockbuster summer series that you don't want to miss. Ooh, that's there's exciting. going to be movie reviews, uh, movie viewings at church, and you might want to you know, invite a friend, family, someone you know from church, uh, from work, from wherever. Or maybe take a them. date out. That's right. Have a date <laughs> night on a weeknight. Catch a movie yeah. at the church, and then we're going to discuss it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, then we'll discuss it here in the podcast. So don't miss the bonus episode. And this week, this is going to be uh, this. This is it every every year. It's my favorite. It is the annual summer series where we hear the voices from Whole Life Church, our members. So we had Anderlene, who is a first timer. We are now going to hear from Gina Creek this mm-hmm. week, and then confusingly enough. After all the turmoil of what week we're on and what uh, commitment we're on, we are going to wrap this up. I am told in great confidence by Ken that following Gina will be Ken with the final week and the final 10th commitment. And we're going to wrap this up and then jump back into the summer series and the voices of our Whole Life Church members. And so that's what you have to look forward to. So join us next Wednesday and we'll be back for episode 313. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week. Thank you.